shining a light on autism and life as an autistic person. Welcome to My Friend Autism, a podcast breaking down barriers, stigma and misconceptions around autism while increasing understanding and acceptance of the autistic community. And now, here's your neurodivergent host, Orion Kelly. Welcome, my friend. It is great to have you back. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you if you're watching my podcast on my brand new dedicated podcast YouTube channel, Orion Kelly Podcast. Great to have you. And if you're just listening to my podcast the way you have always listened to my podcast, well, you're as important. And that isn't a word, but I'm sticking with it. (laughs) You're as important. And I thank you for watching, listening, whatever. Thank you very much because your support means everything to me. And, well, I don't know if I've said it, but I'll say it now. I'm Orion Kelly, that autistic guy. (laughs) And I'm all about helping you raise your level of understanding, acceptance, and appreciation of the autistic community. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, I'd be delighted if you'd consider subscribing to my YouTube channels. You've got the Orion Kelly, that autistic guy channel, my primary content channel. And you've also got this channel if you're watching it on... (laughs) My YouTube channel, Orion Kelly Podcast. So either way, I'd be delighted if you consider subscribing to my YouTube channels. And if you're just listening to my podcast the way you've always done that, you're not a YouTube fan, that's cool. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not nice. Okay. On this particular podcast, we're going to talk about burnout. Now, I've done a podcast and many videos on autistic burnout. But this particular video is focusing on how to avoid burnout. They're not just regular burnout, autistic burnout. Okay. So my top ways to avoid autistic burnout. And to that, the first thing I say is always have coffee. <sighs> just lost about 50% of the audience there. Apologize. All right. So let's talk about some of the most effective ways that you can avoid autistic burnout. And I guess we should just recap. What is autistic burnout, Orion? Where have you been? What have you been doing all this time? I have channels and videos. Okay. Autistic burnout, specific to autistic people, obviously, is an intense physical, mental, or emotional exhaustion. Now, it can result, it's debilitating, by the way, it can result in a loss of skills, motivation, or ability to really achieve anything. All right. Now, we're going to talk about how to avoid autistic burnout with some of my top ways to do it. But just quickly, just for those that are wondering, okay, let me catch, catch up here, right? I'm new, whatever. That's, I'm cool with that, okay? All right, so as an autistic person, how do you get to burnout? Well, I'll tell you this for starters. You don't start at burnout. You end at burnout. So as an autistic person, we have challenges as part of our diagnostic criteria. We have challenges with social communication, interaction. We also have challenges with processing. We also have challenges with many different, many different forms of behaviours and traits that we don't need to go into. But what are, we also have challenges with the sensory stuff. Okay, so we could be hyper, over or under stimulated 
by the stimuli in our environment. Does that make sense? And our environment changes, right? We're humans. We don't stay in one place. Apart from me, <laughs> haven't left home in 10 years. Ah, uh, good. The point is that when this happens, okay, so let's say you, you know, you, you're over-regulated, uh, you're over-distressed, you're over-dysregulated or whatever because of interactions, communications, too many things happening today as an autistic person or simply just the stimuli in your environment has overwhelmed you. Okay. That can, well, for starters, it leads, like I said, you're overwhelmed, dysregulated. Now, when you're overwhelmed and dysregulated, you're more, more likely to experience a meltdown or a shutdown, which is basically, a, a, it's, an, it's not controllable. Okay, it's an uncontrollable brain response. It's an event. It happens. It's not exactly the same, but it's, look at it almost like a seizure. Okay, your brain has taken over and it said, no, I'm out. Right, I'm rebooting. There's a shutdown, which is which is more of an inward shutdown, and there's a meltdown, which is more of an external shutdown, which is you just lose it, but in an autistic meltdown way, not in a tantrum. You know, you're not you're not trying to manipulate. In fact, you know, to judge an autistic person having a meltdown is, in my opinion, to discriminate at the highest form because this is not something they have even remote control over. In fact, you had more control over it by seeing the signs earlier and avoiding or averting what was happening, which was clearly dysregulating. Anyway, we'll move on from there. When you have more than one meltdown or shutdown over a period of time, it builds up. Eventually, your capacities can no longer cope with the stresses and demands placed upon you. Again, that's another key diagnostic criteria in the DSM-5, if that's what you want to look at. Okay, so when that happens you're going to experience, potentially, not always, autistic burnout. Now, you've got the videos and the podcasts. I just wanted to catch you up. That's really just a 101 thing. The more sophisticated insights, you have to watch the videos and stuff. All right, so that's how we got there. Does that make sense? Now, how do we get out of there? More importantly, how do we stop from getting there? We can't necessarily always stop meltdowns and shutdowns, okay, or dysregulation. Well, how could we? We have an autistic brain in a neurotypical world. It's going to be challenging. That's just the way it is, right? Okay, cool. So let's work on some things. Let's, for starters, let's talk about something that we've probably all heard of, mindfulness. I get it. Automatically, you're going to go, oh, God, I run. What are you talking? Mindfulness? What are you talking about? What is this, a, like a guru episode? It's not. But you know what? It's actually really, being present, being mindful is actually really powerful and it's legitimate. It's not something you should be like laughing at or dismissing just because maybe potentially your autistic brain is very black and white, logical, judgmental. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Staying present, focusing on each moment as it comes. Okay. Okay. This sounds pretty hard to me as an autistic person, Ryan. I get it. I get it. That's why it's called the practice of mindfulness. The practice of mindfulness. You are doing it over and over. You are practicing it. It doesn't mean you're an expert, but I guarantee it's going to have benefits. All right. So practicing mindfulness is a way that you can avoid autistic burnout. Do not get put off by the notion of mindfulness or meditation. Once again, Autistic people can be very judgmental. We are because we ha our brain is, just scientifically, our brain is stronger logically than emotionally, okay? Black and white, concrete, right and wrong, judgment. <laughs> so someone says, oh, you should meditate more, right? To an autistic person, they're going, what are you, t are you serious? Do you know what you're talking about? And I'm saying, yes, I do. I'm autistic. And I think you should. I think you should meditate. And I think you should practice, practice mindfulness. Okay, you can judge me. That's fine. Simply 
simply carrying out the act of focusing your energy on the present moment can be super powerful. It's a super powerful way for our minds to avoid burnout. Why? Well, I don't know about you, but your autistic brain can be quite manic, quite hyper, really hyperactive, right? Hardwired to focus on past or present events. How good is that, by the way? How good is it, the autistic brain, where it's like most people just go through their life and there are things that happen in their, in their past that scar them. But for me, it's not just about scars. It's about I'll have a conversation with someone in my next three weeks. I'm constantly re-going over this conversation in my mind and how everything in my mind was bad and catastrophizing it and just focus on not only all the things in my entire life and how I ate my breakfast wrong or said the wrong thing to this guy, that person, or this or that, and it like constantly, it never ends. It's like, for goodness sakes, just pick something at least. Stick up, let's just pick one thing and focus on that. No, no. No, we're just gonna, I'm just going to go around a, a scroll just focus on every bloody thing you've done that you think's bad that wasn't bad. <laughs> just focus on that. So we do that. And we'd also think about, oh, God, I think I've got to make a phone call tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. What the, uh, I've got to put the bins out tonight. Oh, I've got that appointment on Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. What if the kids are sick on Thursday when I've organised to record that video? <laughs> this goes around in circles. Catastrophizing. But see, if you use mindfulness, potentially meditation, as a hack you can avoid autistic burnout. Now, let's be clear. When I say this, you need to start at the start, okay? You might be an expert, you might not. But start at the start. So mindfulness, in, it, in its basic sense, just means being present. Just, just being present. Okay, so if you're like me, if you can feel your body, your mind, your, you know, your nervous system, your energy, catastrophizing, thinking about things from the past, the future, that's when you have to say, that's when you have to actually come in and just, okay, I, I get that. I'm aware of that. I'm just going to stop now. I'm just going to focus on right now, the present. Right now, the present. I'm just going to focus on the, what am I doing now? Okay, I'm just going to focus on stopping and just listening. I don't know what I'm going to hear from my house. It could be the ocean. It could be the trees. It could be nature. More so, more often than not, it's my bloody kids. Yep, they don't shut up. <laughs> so I don't mean that in a bad way. Just stay present. Just, just okay, I get it, mate, but let's stop. Sometimes you've got to, you just got to be harsh with yourself. No, stop, enough, and just stop and listen. And every single time you find yourself getting caught, you just, you just stop. I might have to say it a thousand times, but at least, but I see I'm doing it and it does actually help. And you know what? To me, that's meditation. Here's my version of meditation. And this is not a joke. I'll, I'll find a chair. I'll sit on a chair upright, right? I'm not slouching. Usually my hands are in my, I don't know, my hands are in my lap or something. And I'm just sitting in the chair, close my eyes. I don't even need music or guided. I just sit there in silence. And I don't say anything. And I don't do anything. So you know how some people try to like force things? I don't force things. So I, in a way, it's, it's almost like, I, I clean out my recycle bin on my computer. I let it fill up. All right, what's next, mate? What do you got next? Let's get it out. Right, and I get it out, and then, it, and then I clear it. And every time it becomes overwhelmed, I just, I just stop again. I, I just, okay, cool. You just let it out. Don't, don't force it. it. Really, it's just being present. That's, that's my form, and it works. You should try it. All right, let's move on to a big one for autistic people. 
personal limits. Now, this is, this is really key, I reckon. See, understanding and protecting your own limitations. It's another way you can really avoid autistic burnout. Why? Well, like I said, as autistic people, and certainly as autistic people who have become adults or who were diagnosed in adult life due to maybe their child or kids or just they got to the point in their life where life became too stressful. Marriage or relationships, friendships, jobs, bills, careers, kids, all sorts of things, the capacities have finally reached their limit, but the demands and stresses continue to rise. So you're in a constant battle between demands and stresses placed upon us and our capacity to meet them. In that case, what happens? Like I told you, dysregulation, meltdowns, shutdowns. They are the result. Trust me, they are the result of not understanding or protecting your own personal limits. So you think, oh, no, that you should, don't you just melt down usually when like there's a sensory overwhelm or like conversations or something? No, not just that. Trust me, as a, as a dad, as a husband, as an autistic adult diagnosed later in life, well, number one, I still have meltdowns and shutdowns. You don't outgrow autism. Okay. <laughs> this isn't some crappy syndicated American show or something. I mean, this is real life. Okay. So if that's the case, the majority of my meltdowns and shutdowns come from the stresses and demands of being a husband, a dad, an adult, right, in the real world, becoming more than my capacities can cope with. And that can lead to shutdowns and meltdowns. Now, as we've talked about, autistic burnout is the cumulative effect of those experiences. Simply put, minimizing the chances of meltdowns and shutdowns will help you avoid autistic burnout. How do you minimize the chances of meltdowns and shutdowns? Just talked about it. Personal limits. I always find this really interesting too. You know, like if you're in a relationship, suddenly like personal limits don't apply in relationships as much as they do with everyone else. I find that strange. Why? Just because you love someone and you're with them doesn't mean you can't have personal limits. There's still limits. And I find neurotypical people, they don't kind of, they don't think it makes sense to them, but then they do it. Like you might have a personal limit on you don't feel up for intimacy, right? Or you might have a personal limit that, you know, you don't feel up for doing this or doing that, right? Autistic people try to try to do it and it comes across like we're cold or we're pushing away or whatever. So personal limits are really important. What can I cope with today? Where are my capacities at? Should I do all these things or should I focus on one thing? Should I try and do all the washing and go to the shops? Or should I just go to the shops or should I just do the washing? And there's, there's many other things. Should I call all these people we need to call? Should I focus on one thing? Again, do you get what I'm saying? It's, it's a case-by-case basis. Personal limits, super critical. Stop masking. Hey, here's a big one. There's a good one for you. As autistic people, we feel absolutely forced into masking to fit in to a neurotypical world not built for us and our autistic brains who are, who are which are clearly wired differently. So masking has become mandatory, right? Yeah, it's just an out-of-the-box type setup. They're ready to go in many aspects of our life. Not because it should be, by the way, not because we want to, because the wider community, they still don't, in effect, genuinely understand, accept, and appreciate autistic people for who we are. They might, you might say, oh, they, they understand us, but they don't understand us and appreciate us for who we are. It's in theory, but not in practice, the acceptance, if you know what I'm saying. 
So, all right, what, at what cost is that? Well, so the idea that, you know, you have to mask a society aren't in a position to genuinely understand and accept us for who we are, our true selves. So they accept us for knowing we're autistic, but only if we pretend to not be autistic. Okay, so I accept you're autistic. When you come to work today, you have to, clearly it goes that saying, HR said so, it's right here. HR said so. You have to pretend to not be autistic, don't you? Or you get fired, right? Okay, so what's, what is the cost? Mental health costs. From, from masking yourself, from pretending to be someone else, because that's what the world wants you to do, they're profound. They're significant mental health costs. What well, wouldn't they be? Wouldn't you think they'd be? To stop masking. This isn't, this isn't a video on masking. I'm just telling you to stop it. Don't do it. Enough. I mean, masking is good in certain circumstances, but as a rule, try to minimize it. Be your authentic autistic self. Sure, you're going to make some people uncomfortable. Oh, well. But you know what? You will avoid autistic burnout more often, though. So I guess it's your call. All right, here's another thing you can do. One of the best ways to avoid autistic burnout, certainly for me, is to build in regular alone time into your daily routine to rest and recharge. So I'm an autistic dad, right? I'm an autistic husband. All right. So finding opportunities for alone time clearly is going to be pretty hard. And, you know, my neurotypical wife, well, she deserves me time and alone time too, and it's hard for her. And that's where I always feel guilty. But we have to, con- let's be real. My wife doesn't have a medically diagnosed disability or condition. I do. As a result, there's certain things I need. There's certain daily supports I need. That's why I've got a diagnosis. That's why I've got a medically diagnosed disability. Because I knew I need some daily support. She doesn't. That's just factual. All right. So instead of hoping for like a window of time to pop up, which a lot of people do. No, 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 no. You need to make alone time part of your daily routine, whether you do this with your workplace, your friends, your, your partner, your family. It doesn't matter. It just, it's, a, it's a conversation to have. You have to buy into this, but you really do. Make alone time part of your daily routine. You get everyone in your life to embrace it. Once you do that, so buy in on it. Once you do that, it'll, it'll have an incredible impact on your chance of avoiding autistic burnout. All right, stimming. We talk about this in a lot of videos. Stimming for an autistic person, it's kind of second nature. I don't even know I'm doing it half the time. We just do it. I, like, I don't know what my hair is getting at the moment. <laughs> anyway, you know, I don't even realize it. It's pointed out. All right, so suppressing our need to stim, which we do, like masking, in certain environments and, and situations, again, that's pretty much second nature. So we stim, you know, to, to regulate ourselves, to soothe ourselves. I mean, it's called self-stimulatory behavior. So there's a reason for it. It's part of who we are. But sometimes we know we, we should really suppress the need to do that. We still do it without knowing, but suppress the need to do it in a way where people will see it or we feel like we have to because it'll make them feel uncomfortable. We can't do that. They might not feel nice about it. Okay. Yeah, good. But <laughs> what's the point? What's the point? Uh, who we, so we're doing it for you, but it's just going to ruin us. Meltdowns, shutdowns, burnout. Parents, partners, teachers, employers of autistic people. Whether it's conscious or unconscious, you belittle the autistic person in your life for doing these sometimes. I know, I, I, I know we do. Belittle them. Reject them. Ban them from stimming. Stop doing that. Stop moving like that. Stop playing with your, yourself like that in normal ways, I'm saying. Stop scratching your head like that, right? Stop pulling your hair. Stop, do it. stop playing this. Stop doing this. Stop making that noise. Stop, stop, stop. That's what we do. 
Belittle, reject, ban. You can't ban things that autistic people use to actually, like I've said, it's, it's a legit thing, self-stimulatory behavior. It's not a made-up word. You can't ban stuff that someone with a condition, a disability, uses to regulate and soothe themselves, for goodness sakes. <sighs> Stimming, when you feel you need to, is a way you can avoid autistic burnout. All right, the outdoors. Getting outdoors and into nature, I reckon it's a great way of avoiding autistic burnout. Now, a lot of people will put this off. I have an autistic son. He loves the outdoors. Ask him, hey, mate, you want to go outside and play? No, no. <laughs> uh, really? You don't want to go? Well, we can go to the beach, go on the trampoline, go for a walk, or go on the scooter. No, doesn't matter. Good or bad weather? No. Get out there. If you get him out there, doesn't want to come inside. An autism paradox. Backyard. Go for a walk. Go for a ride. When I say backyard, I mean go in your own backyard. I don't care how big it is. One metre, an acre, 100 acres. There are things you can do in your backyard. Sit, stand, lay, breathe, look around. I don't know. Do what you're doing inside, outside. You see what I'm saying? Go to the beach. Go for a bushwalk. Go to the zoo. Go see sports. Play sports. Anything out in the sun and the fresh air is beneficial to an autistic person. Sure, I'm not saying go out on a really sunny day with no sun protection and just you'll be better. No, I'm, I'm you know, this, is, this isn't a sun protection podcast. You can work that stuff out for yourself, champ. What I'm trying to say is, I mean, you know, Superman needed it. Even that, you know, that, uh, that dog in that Superman movie, that cartoon movie. You know, the, one of the, one of the, what is it? One of the five movies The Rock was trying to use to ruin the whole DC franchise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, good times. Even if you have to force yourself or really super encourage an autistic child in your life, just take the first steps outside. I promise you soon enough, you'll be outdoors for hours and it will help you avoid autistic burnout. Final thing I want to talk about is special interests. This is different to alone time. Sure, alone time can help you do special interests, but let's break it down. Alone time doesn't need to be as long. Alone time is like a period you've, you've put aside where you can have some time to rest and recharge, which means you might not be doing much. Special interests. In general terms, as you know, autistic people, we tend to have a few intense passions or special interests that we focus our time and energy on. Spending time on your special interest clearly helps you avoid autistic burnout. Why? Because you are doing the thing you love, you are interested in. If you ask me, I'd say when I wake up, all I think about is how is the world going to get in the way of me and my special interest today? <laughs> doing what you're passionate about brings you peace, happiness, joy. It helps you recharge. Conversely, when there are routine or plain changes, what did I just say? Plain changes? <laughs> Plan changes. <laughs> when there are routine and plan changes that stop you from spending time on your special interest, you may experience a meltdown or a shutdown. And what, what does that lead to? You got it. Burnout. Embracing and prioritizing your special interests, your intense passions, will absolutely help you avoid autistic burnout. <laughs> My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. Catch up on all the episodes at orionkelly.com.au. Well, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for watching and listening to this video podcast. 
again, would be super stoked if you consider subscribing to my YouTube channels, Orion Kelly, that autistic guy in this particular YouTube channel, Orion Kelly Podcasts. Either way, I'm super grateful for your support. If this has resonated with you, please share it with your family and friends so we can reach more people and help raise a level of understanding, acceptance and appreciation of the autistic community. You've been listening to My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. To join the conversation, get in touch with Orion and binge all the podcasts, blogs and videos, visit orionkelly.com.au.